0: Good morning, Christ Central Church. Okay, let's do that one more time. I want the same greeting that Tiara got too, right? Let's be fair here. Good morning, Christ Central Church. Um, Much better. I feel better too. Uh, My name is Josh Kim, one of the pastors here at Christ Central Church. We're glad you're joining us. If you're joining us for the first time, we always ask you to stop by our visitor's table to talk to us. We'd love to get to know you, get to share about what God is doing here, but also to love to hear what God is doing in your life as well. We always say, like, join with us in our journey. It's not about joining a church per se, but it's going on a journey with our Lord and Savior. Um, this summer, we're continuing our summer, summer sermon series called Summer of Parables. And again, the parables are a short story illustration from everyday life that Jesus points out to say, look at that, and this is what the kingdom of heaven will be like. And kingdom of heaven is another way to say uh, rule of God, God's rule over his people in creation. And what Jesus is doing is to teaching what is beginning with him coming to us and what we can expect to be fulfilled when Jesus returns. And this is what the kingdom of heaven, where God's rule is, reigns on earth as it is in heaven, and that is to come. That's what kingdom of heaven reference talks about in, throughout the scripture. You probably have heard the saying, do not judge the book by its cover. Do not judge the book by its cover. This age-old saying was once again affirmed for the world during the preliminary 100-meter butterfly during 2016 Rio de Janeiro Summer Olympics in Brazil. One of the most touching moments of this Olympic Games was inclusion of the refugee team. Under the flag of um, Olympic Committee, they invited 10 refugees to compete uh, in this Olympic Games. Refugees that have survived, refugees that had journeyed far distances to be able to make it. And the world stood at this refugee's strength and resolve. As one commentator noted, the fact that they were there to participate was enough. They're not not here to make a splash or to win anything at this Games, but the fact that they participated is enough. But once the preliminaries for 100-meter butterfly for women swimming started, there was more to this story. Yusra Mardini, a Syrian refugee who once saved 20 people's lives by pushing the boat in the ocean for three hours, shocked the world by winning her preliminary round. No one expected this to happen. It was just supposed to be a feel-good story but as a journalist simply wrote, just making it to the Olympics for her would have been an achievement enough. up. But this 19-year-old just won her first heat in the woman's 100-meter butterfly. Another lesson in not judging the book by its cover. When it comes to the kingdom of God, Jesus teaches his disciples not to simply come to conclusion looking at its small beginning. The kingdom of God, or kingdom of heaven, will start small, he says, but it will grow to be what God intends to be. Hence the title of today's sermon, Small to Great. And he uses these two parables to illustrate this story for us, that despite the small beginning of God's kingdom, God will bring it out to his completion, and it will be grand kingdom of God that is to come. And I think you and I need to be reminded of that, don't we? Because when we survey the world and the situation that you and I are living in today, God's kingdom or kingdom of heaven and fulfilling what is promised to be doesn't really seem like it's happening today, right? All the surveys tell us the church is on decline, especially coming off COVID and pandemic People don't want to go to church, or I have heard this often, I don't want to be part of organized religion. Let me just be. And the lines out the door at the brunch places are happening, and people seem to be wanting to find spirituality elsewhere besides perhaps what God has designated to be in the church of Christ. Rather than seeing church and God's people thriving and impacting, influencing and loving one another, becoming a beacon of light, what do we see? We often see divisions, persecutions, questions, and doubts. Perhaps one statistic that really breaks our hearts is the fact that the younger generation, the next generation, doesn't want to be here. They don't want to be part of the church. As one of my good friend asked me, hey, do you think you'll have a job in 10 years? I said, I don't know. You know, I don't know. As we see church in decline all the time, the question is, Will God's kingdom and God's promise to the church will survive to the generations that is to come? You know that's nothing new. Do you know that? If you read through the scripture, people had questions about the church and the kingdom of God all the time. Including the disciples of Christ here, the ones that physically followed and walked with Jesus, were beginning to think the same. We're wondering, wait, this is a guy that we're supposed to give up all our life. Well, we actually did this. What is the end result going to be? For a while, they were trying to jockey themselves to say, wait, wait, God, Jesus, let me, let me sit on your right side. Let me sit on your left side. Let me have this position of power when you come and bring about your kingdom. And they began to realize the physical kingdom is not coming. The glory, perhaps, they were looking for, It's not happening. And even John the baptizer, who was supposed to prepare the way so people can hear, started asking, are you the one? Or should we wait for the other? And they see and recognize that perhaps what they thought was going to be is not happening, and they begin to question, hey, is kingdom of God going to come about? Is this real? Are you the one that we should follow? They've been following this Messiah who's supposed to be the promised one. But rather than seeing the kingdom grow, they're wondering, will there be any impact here? And in this backdrop, in many of our confused hearts, the lack of God's people's hope in this world, Jesus speaks this parable to us. The kingdom of God, Jesus said, is like a mustard seed. It is like a yeast that is mixed together to the dough. It starts small, as we see in the church, as Jesus speaks to us. But in kingdom of God, Jesus says, will grow, will have an impact. So let's turn to this parable with that longing heart, shall we? And ask God to open our eyes, open our ears, to see and hear what Jesus speaks to us, perhaps in our hopeless situations, as God speaks hopes to us. And Jesus tells us, first and foremost, the kingdom of God will often have an invisible start, an invisible start. And that's what we see in Matthew chapter 13, 31. Here's another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree, and the birds come and make nests in its branches. Jesus, in describing the growth of the kingdom, likens its start the grain of a mustard seed. Mustard seed in the ancient Near Eastern time was considered to be the smallest seed of them all, right? And Jesus is adopting this cultural understanding of something tiny that no one really expects it to be that would result in a large impact later on. Jesus points again to the everyday light that people can identify with to teach a lesson from it. Here he says the mustard seed, smallest, most often overlooked is what the kingdom of God will be like. It may have an invisible start, but it will indeed have its impact and become a large tree. That's the promise that he gives. And again, oftentimes, this is counterintuitive and contrary to what we are often taught in this world. We don't want a small, tiny hope, right? We want to be part of something bigger, grander. We want more followers, more influencers, more impact. We're drawn to bigger, flashier immediate results. The world wants big things to happen real fast. And that's what we're trained to want and desire. When it comes to the kingdom of God, His work, we want the same too. We apply the same principles that we see in the world, and we say, we want this to happen in the church. Well, church should have these things. There will be impact, will be like this. When we go to this mission field, we should just Flip that country upside down. We want bigger. We want our families to turn 180 overnight. We want things to happen right away. And these are not wrong desires. We want to see the kingdom impact happen. But what God teaches us is that sometimes God may do that. But more often than not, what Jesus tells us is actually the kingdom begins with often forgotten, often smallest, invisible start in God's journey. And the Bible tells this story, the kingdom of Jesus will reign supreme. He will turn the lives upside down. He will conquer sin and death. He will renew and restore our world. God's will will be done completely. The question is, in your way, or do you want it done in God's way? It may not be done instantly overnight, but just like the mustard seed, God says, Planted in the field, it will grow steady and grow and grow until it will have an impact in this world. It may not look like much now, Jesus says, but it will grow until the birds of air will come and nest in its branches. You know, he's quoting Ezekiel prophecy in chapter 17, where God promises his people, it will grow like a tree where people of the world will come and find its rest. This is... Is the kingdom's promise that Jesus gives to God's people. One of the conferences I loved participating was a youth conference where Asian American youth from entire Midwest would gather. And at its height of ministry, there would be thousands of people gathering. And I loved participating. I used to take vacation from my work to volunteer to serve here because I saw the vision of it, especially the heart and the vision was to serve those who did not have youth minister. And many people gathered, they were energized, they were prayed upon, uh, not prayed upon, prayed for, um, now that sounds terrible, like not prayed upon, right, with the youth. No, prayed for, A, not E. And uh, they were encouraged to go back to their schools to serve, it. I love its vision. And oftentimes when we think about conferences like that, we think there's got to be someone that had a vision like this and started this. And as I began to find out more and more about this conference, you know how it began? One youth pastor who was there from the beginning told me, you know, he simply began with several students who gathered to pray. One day they said, we want to pray for our our friends and make impact in our school. What should we do? I don't know. What should I do? I don't know. All right, let's pray. So every Saturday, they would gather to pray and pray for God to do work in their schools in their families, in their lives. In the words of this youth pastor, he simply said, I just had to drive them and buy the McDonald's afterwards. (laughs) They did all the work. God did the impossible through that. Church, I tell you this story. Not all the other great stories of people doing small things to make an impact because these guys didn't know what they were doing. They still don't know they're the ones that started it. You know why? Why? So one of them was my best man in wedding. He doesn't know his prayer impacted thousands of people later. Only later when the youth pastors told him, "It's like, I did that? He had no idea. But God did that work. We often overestimate ourselves and underestimate God. In turn, we underestimate, impact what God can do through us. When we're so focused on what we have to do for the kingdom of God to grow, we overestimate ourselves, and we put God in a box. And by doing so, we underestimate his impact. Remember what Jesus told the disciples when he saw the harvest? He didn't say, start a missions organization. He didn't say, okay, let's gather more resources. You, 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 go. You know what he says? Pray. Amen. Pray. Pray to the lord of harvest right because the lord of the harvest will do the work he basically saying i got this you get to be part of that pray that god will send out workers perhaps you are the worker but god will do the work god often moves like this through god's workers but it is god's work that god will finish in god's time we often rely on ourselves by overestimating ourselves But the kingdom of God says, don't overestimate who you are, but rely on the grace of God who will finish the work. And that's what the kingdom of God, you and I, get to be part of. Second thing we see is not only the kingdom of God has invisible star at times, but it will have inevitable impact. Inevitable impact. Verse 33, Jesus also used this parable. It says, the kingdom of heaven is like a yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. He's using another parable to demonstrate kingdom's impact that will have in this world. It cannot be stopped, He says. It will conquer, it will have its inevitable impact as we experience improbable growth of kingdom of God. The yeast, though many of us may not be far familiar with that, is some of the... um, in other translations, they call it laven. Uh, it's a batch of fermented dough. The yeast is added to that, and they save it from the previous baking. And it is saved and is mixed with the flour of a new baking to laven the whole batch of the dough. The small laven, as they say, will impact a large batch for the following baking. So this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying the small batch of leaven or yeast that was saved here will be mixed into large batch. Three measures here of the flour are about 23 liters, or six gallons. It weighs about 35 pounds or so, quite a large amount of flour. But a small batch of laven is mixed in it until it is all laven for baking. As you mix the previous leaven into this dough, you may not see it so small, but what he's saying is it would have an inevitable impact and leads to fully immersed dough for the new baking. That's how the kingdom of God and the impact will be measured. I remember when I went on a short-term mission trip to India, our job was to go from door to door to door and to say, hey, do you know about Christ? Do you know who Jesus is? And we did this with our workers, knowing that some places were closed. And we went to different cities, and we would spend all day from morning to the nighttime, sharing the gospel. We'll come back, some encouraged, some dejected, and we came and we prayed and we hoped that God would do the work. One time, one pastor came and said, you know, India by 2021 will surpass China as the most populous nation, and it has. The number is reaching 1.43 billion. And he also said, you know, out of 1.43 billion, 2.3% of Indians are Christians. 2.3%. 2.3%. And you and I went through door-to-door to door today. What impact do you and I have in $1.43 billion? And we're all thinking, oh, Lord, not much. Perhaps for some of us, I would venture to guess many of us, the reason why it's so hard for us to be faithful like this at times is because the question that we ask, is it really worth it? Do I make any impact anyways? Look at the size of the mountain that I have to climb. Look at the number of people that are out there. I'm facing corporate America. It's been there for like decades. I'm just one person in my cubicle. I'm just one student in my school. I'm just one person in my family that has history of not loving God. I'm just that one person. Not only so, my life sin, pervasiveness of sin in the family is daunting. Can it make an impact? Is it really worth it? And here Jesus tells us it does matter. Again, it's not because of how many people you reach out to and how great of a testimony that you have. But Jesus tells us the kingdom of God starts with the man in Galilee who proclaimed the kingdom of God. A man who died and rose again. A man who trained 12 disciples. It has an inevitable impact and you and I are the result of that. You are one batch of yeast. It's not the yeast itself, but the creator of the yeast, the work of the master who will work that yeast into the dough. The emphasis is not the fact that the yeast is there, but the master is making it work. Again, oftentimes we focus so much on what I'm doing rather than seeing the hand of God working through you. And in the meanwhile, God is changing you as well. And that's the promise of God, isn't it? That the outside naven the mustard seed will enter into the field to the flower to make an impact by God working it, watering it, tending it, kneading the dough. That's how the kingdom impact will grow. Our response is to rest in knowing that, to trust in the Lord, to be faithful. Perhaps, church, that means you ought to reach out to that one person to pray, Perhaps the, what you can do today is to change the diaper, to pray for the future of your child, knowing that one act of faithfulness, God can use that to knead the dough, to grow the, the, the tree, the kingdom of God. And that's what Jesus is teaching us. The final thing that we see is not only we have invisible start, an inevitable impact, but you will have irresistible result. Verse 34 says, Jesus always used stories and illustrations like these when speaking to the crowds. In fact, he never spoke to them without using such parables. This fulfilled what God has spoken through the prophet. I will speak to you in parables. I will explain things hidden since the creation of the world. In verses 34, 35, we see a quick transition, right? And Jesus taught in the kingdom parables to the crowd. Now following verse 35, he privately teaches some to his disciples saying, and this is why I do this the quote that he uses here is from Psalm 78 too. Psalm 78 is written by Asaph in retelling of Israel's history from Exodus to King David. In it, he shows that God's purpose has been worked out despite the rebelliousness of the people. Just as God's salvation was made clear throughout history, Jesus is saying what Jesus is showing us is that parable of Jesus, that God's salvation will be unveiled to us. And it is God who will do that to us. And the parables that you and I read reveal the hidden mysteries of this God, how God intends to save God's people and his will be done through Christ. And one important thing we must note is this. This truth of God is only accessible to those whom God gives gifts to hear, to see, and to believe. We often talk about this, and we often say this is Reformed theology. I'm a Reformed theologian, not because I like the title of Reformed theology, but I think it is biblical theology, where it says, your faith, the kingdom's work, is not about you. Your salvation, your growth, we did baptism today, not even your children's growth. Is about you. Your impact in this world, your jobs, your family, your church, this world as missionaries, not about you. It's all about God who grants ears to hear, eyes to see, faith to believe. And this irresistible power of God is found in the very word of God who comes and preaches the kingdom of heaven to us who walks on this earth, who demonstrates for us though one person, God-man, proclaiming the truth of God, taking your sin upon his shoulder, dying on the cross, rising again, and ever since then, the world has seen its inevitable impact and irresistible result where God's people proclaim his death and look forward to the kingdom that is to come. O Church of Christ, That's God's invitation, isn't it? This morning, as you gather to worship the Lord, he's saying it's not about what you are doing, but it's about what I'm doing. Rest in it. Be freed, O people of God, to be faithful today, to rely on his grace, to know that his work is not done yet. This is how kingdom is built. Through God's word, be accomplished at his time. Yusra Mardini, the Syrian refugee swimmer story is now told uh, through a Netflix movie called The Swimmer. Uh, If you have time to watch it, it's a good movie to watch. Um, As you watch the movie, you also can read her biography, Butterfly. Um, And she inspires next generation. She becomes uh, the voice of refugee at the UN level. Um, and leads to becoming the prominent figure. She also swam at the Tokyo Olympics the following year as well. But what struck me as I was watching this movie was that her journey to becoming this figure for the refugees did not begin with her swim at the Olympics. Perhaps her journey began with her daily swim as a teenager in Syria. Or, perhaps, it begins with her jumping into the cold ocean water, swimming one stroke at a time for the survival of not just her, but 20 others who are on the boat. One stroke at a time, the journey towards Olympics. From war-torn Syria as a refugee to the Olympic stages, one step, one practice, one step towards a goal, we see that in the world today how much more so in a journey with the Lord. One prayer, one person, one commitment. It's not about what we do, but God's plan, God's control, and we are called to be faithful today. In Christ Central Church, I believe this is who we are. In this time of transition that you and I are in, each one of us in our own ways, faithfully loving, serving, growing, to buck the trend that says, let's follow this pastor, let's follow this leader. That's not what we're saying, right? We're saying we are the church. Let's look for a pastor that will lead us in the journey. And I cannot tell you how many often pastors throughout the denomination will come and encourage me to tell me, persevere in our transition. Trust in the Lord. God's got someone. But ultimately, God is the head of the church. God's will be done no matter what. Even if Christ Central does not exist in 10 years, God's will be done. Amen? Let's pray for that, shall we? As we anticipate the kingdom of God that is coming. Let's pray. Father, that's our prayer. As we gather to worship the Lord, it's not about even our church's name. It's not about the growth of our church. It's not even about our impact in the world today. It's not about how many people that we could baptize. It's not about how many people we can influence. It's not about how big, how glorious our ministry can be, how perfect even can be. Lord, we desire all those things, not for the sake of our own, but sake of the kingdom. But ultimately, we acknowledge and rest knowing that it is in your hands. The kingdom of God is coming, has come, and will be done at your time according to your will. Thank you, Lord, that you call us to be part of that. That's the hope we have as we rest, as we find you, as we walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.